Welcome to the Got Your Six podcast. This podcast brings together current service members and veteran high performers to share their methods, strategies, and ideas delivered in an informative and most importantly, actionable way that'll help you lead yourself and those around you from the battlefield to the boardroom. Coming to you every episode, I'm your host, Tony Nash, and into the breach. Nothing mentioned on this podcast is an endorsement or opinion of the Department of Defense. I got your six, we got your back. Got your six, we got your back. Got your six, we got your back. I got your six. Sixers, what an absolute treat we have today. Matt Stevens, CEO of the Honor Foundation, is here with us today. Matt, thank you so much for being on the Got Your Six podcast. Tony, thank you for the opportunity. Look forward to the conversation, brother. Absolutely. Can you give us a little bit more about what the Honor Foundation is, what you're doing, who you're looking to help? So the Honor Foundation is a nonprofit that was created to fill the gap in transition services. If you haven't gotten to that point in your career yet, you will at some point. You'll get the pleasure of going through a mandated one or two week program and it's okay. I mean, the, the people that run it are great, but they have to serve 200,000 people uh, transitioning out of the military every year. And we found that it just didn't meet the mark for the people in our community. And so we created this uh, transition program that is a transformational in nature to help the men and women of the special ops community have a graceful transition, really figure out what their purpose on the planet is when they take off the cloth of our nation um, so that their transition and the next chapter in life is just as good, if not better, than while they served in uniform. And so just quickly, we run it as an executive education program, running them through a couple of things. It really helps them figure out identity, helps them figure out how to talk about themselves, and then helps them figure out what they want to do. And we don't care what that is, really don't care, but then we help them achieve whatever that's going to be. What was one thing that you kind of took away from that transition that constantly sticks in your mind, especially with your work at the Honor Foundation, being a special operator yourself, that you go back to and you're like, this is the reason we continue to do what we do here at the Honor Foundation? What drives me is that the the folks that volunteer to serve the country then volunteer again to go through a selection assessment training program and give so much to the country, no matter what it is, they generally don't ask questions once given the order, you know, Serving them on the backside is super fulfilling for me because it's unique because sometimes being a Navy SEAL, a Green Beret, a Ranger, an aviator, that becomes who you are and your entire identity is wrapped up into that. And that, you know, it's not going to be the same when you when you take off the uniform. You can always have connective tissue to it, but the reality is you got to figure out headspace and timing of really who you are as a person what your purpose on the planet is, what your why is, what your priorities are. And, and that's tough to do. Uh, and then be able to talk about yourself and tell stories about it so that you can really connect with the civilian population in whatever it is you're going to do is, is critically important. Now, how do you continue to meet these quiet professionals where they're at? Men and women that are coming out of special operations you know, it's ingrained in them to serve and kind of just endure what they're doing and the mission they're on because of the complexity and everything else. But to kind of get in there, not create like a wedge, but almost like a bridge between where they want to go and where they are. How do you help them kind of fill in those gaps of finding identity? What we do is uh, our programs like three months, 
it's a three-phase operation for all the military listeners out there. And the first whole month of it is all about you. It's what we what we call it. And so we dig deep into the Wayback Machine. We start with priorities. Like, what do you want to do when you get out? What's most important to you? Is it money? Is it location? Is it loving what you do? Loving who you work with or what kind of quality of life? And that's day one. And then we ask them to go talk to their spouse about it. If their spouse is not in the classroom, say, what do they think you want to do? And what do we want to do as a, as a family, right? It's a team sport. So that's day one. We dig into strengths and uh, we use Gallup strengths. And strengths generally don't change based on how old you get and how much experience. Maybe a couple things change order, but uh, you know, dig into that. It's a natural kind of talent, for lack of a better term. And then we get into a huge proponents of Simon Sinek's Start With Why, and we go into a, a multi-day exercise on figuring out what your why is. And uh, that's done a lot through storytelling. So storytelling is another key component of what we do. Um, and, and some of the stories go back to childhood, uh, defining moments, defining mentors, defining people in your life who made a difference and why. You know, the, the key thing is why. And then tying it all together so that the veteran has to talk about it. And so we meet them where they are, but we also make them uncomfortable and, and we tell them to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And the, the beautiful thing about doing it with a cohort of folks from the community is there's a lot of shared experiences. And so it's kind of a safe space, even though most people don't want to start there. Um, once the first person breaks the ice, then it, it can get deep really quickly. And, and like you said, you, you got to meet them where they're at. And some people are 100% engaged. We have committed people in the program when they start. We have terrorists who are completely against doing any of this. And we have tourists who are along for the ride. And we try to convert the terrorists and, uh, and the tourists so that they're believers as well. Because at the end of the day, you get out of it what you put into it. And, you know, you can do whatever you want on transition resumes and all the tactical tools that we want to jump to. None of that matters until you figure out that, that first step in, in figuring out what's, what's between your ears. Yeah, that headspace and timing that you talked about. And I loved how you talked about storytelling. And sometimes it, that the term can get lost because people think it's like fictitious or whatever. It's, it's really understanding the story of you and what your why is. What was the defining moment that allowed you to find your why? So doing this exercise, I went through the program myself when I was uh, looking to get out. That's how I got involved in the Honor Foundation. Didn't know a thing about it beforehand. I'm not the founder. And so as we started this start with why exercise and you break into little triads of a, you know, three people and one guy's storytelling, one's uh, listening and one's taking notes and kind of uh, being the asking questions. So pretty quickly in that process, I, you know, it was me as a Navy, you know, senior officer, had a command master chief, and then we had a young, young officer in our triad and the command master chief was in tears in like the first 30 minutes telling stories I was like, okay, you know, if he's willing to go out on a limb like that, then I have to dig deep in myself to be able to share and really reflect and figure it out. And so that's kind of what started the process. And, and it, you know, it's not an instantaneous thing. For me, it wasn't. It's an iterative process where you have to think about it. It takes a lot of deep reflection. You have to talk to important people in your life and get help. And so when you ask for that help and ask them their opinions of you, you know, that can be fairly eye-opening as well. What do you think that I would like to do? And, and you may have some blind spots that those around you can see clearly and, and give you guidance. 
As you seek opinions from others, was there anybody you had to reach out to that took a little bit of, I want to say ego checking. I don't know if that's the right term to use here, but you kind of had to go back because maybe there was like a, a, a frayed relationship to kind of understand why that got to that point? Or was it just kind of seeing where the tribe that you had around you and using them to move forward? I used mainly the tribe around me. You know, I, I tended to let bygones be bygones and and sometimes various people just don't get along for whatever reason. And I'm okay with that at this stage of my life and I was okay with it back then. So, so yeah, it's probably not the answer you wanted to hear, but I, I use those closest to me. And then, you know, asking some people that maybe worked for me what they thought. They were trusted agents, friends, uh, mentors, even though rank doesn't lend itself to that official relationship. But I mean, I I, I asked people that had gone before me that had great transitions and, and people that had maybe not had such great transitions uh, and all the above, you know, people that were still in too. I, the answer I was looking for, Matt, was the answer you gave, right? It, it was unique <laughs> to you. Uh, and that's what I was trying to pull out. So thank you. Well, I'll tell you, one of the other things that was hard for me was, you know, this concept of networking. Um, and we push it a lot at the Honor Foundation. It's like, hey, get 40 cups of coffee in the next three months. That's your challenge. Be or 50 cups of coffee, sorry. Because um, there's some science behind getting 50 cups of coffee with strangers, maybe not 100% strangers, but not your buddies and not the guy that got out last year. And for me, that was kind of hard to, you know, push because I, I don't like doing that. You know, I can I'm, I can fake it if I'm told to do it, but my comfort zone is being an introvert. And so, but that was super helpful because people truly want to help, even total strangers who are just like appreciative of, of our service. So that was, uh, once I got over myself in that regard, it was, uh, that was super helpful too. Let's dive into the 50 cups for a second. What does that look like? So do you create a, like a list of 50 people and then you start to like find ways to contact them or what does that kind of process look like? No, not for me. It wasn't. It's kind of a spiraling circle that, that starts very narrow and you keep doing a concentric circle out. But find like somebody with one degree of separation. Hey, I think I might want to talk about commercial real estate. Who can I talk to? And then you finish that one with, hey, thank you very much for your time. Do you know two or three other people that I could talk to? Uh, and then if you narrow it down, you're like, I would never want to do commercial real estate. You know, you know the early cups of coffee or like I, I just like for me the problem was I got to figure out what I want to do I know I don't want to be a GS employee and I don't I don't want to contract for another agency but anything in between is really totally good as long as I find that right tribe and culture and so kind of narrowing it down is like thanks for telling me what you what you do on a daily basis no interest at all and then you kind of find something that looks pretty interesting for me it was like I want to you know start up venture capital like entrepreneurship, although I didn't have a great idea to be an entrepreneur, I wanted to be in that environment where it was fast and furious, undefined, and uh, you're kind of building the airplane as you're flying it. Um, so that's how it worked for me. You said that was a challenge for you, right? Doing 50 cups of coffee because you're an introvert. How are you challenging yourself now, especially being the CEO of this foundation as it grows and scales out to continue to help more special operators? Well, now it's uh, it's about finding like-minded individuals who might want to invest in our uh, in our cause, right? And so, you know, when I was doing this while inactive on in uniform, I, I didn't have a LinkedIn profile. I was like, thought I was too secretive to have anything, so I didn't I didn't have that a LinkedIn profile to probably the last six months. 
now I can use LinkedIn and find people who are engaged in the kind of veteran community or people that believe what we believe. And then, frankly, just asking them for for assistance, uh, explaining what we do. I'm way better at it now. And frankly, I've gotten over myself a little bit and I enjoy meeting new people who like there's so many great Americans out there who just really want to help. Uh, it doesn't resonate with everybody, but the first conversation, I enjoy them because I get to meet really cool people in all walks of life who are really, really appreciative and willing to help, whether it's with time, talent, or treasure. So always on the hunt for just the right people who I call it investing in our mission versus donating to, but you know, whether, you know, in time is just as, as important as, uh, as money, but that's, that's how I look at it nowadays. Was it the, doing the cups of coffee that helped get you over, like kind of seeking out assistance and asking to talk to people that really helped? Or is there something else that you continually go back to? Is it because you're on a purpose-driven mission with the Honor Foundation that allows you to keep going? Or is there something else? A little bit of both, I would say. Certainly the fact that I'm in a purpose-driven mission and everything I ask for is not for my benefit. It's for the benefit of the next generation, you know, the people coming behind us. The thing we work on, the transition space, is it's not going to get less busy in the future. It's going to continue to remain a huge issue. And, and I don't necessarily think Congress is going to fix any things with the DOD and Department of Labor where they make it a better course. I mean, they can try, and I hope they do. So it, that is really it. At the end of the day, like I hated asking for money uh, when I first started this. Didn't realize how much of it I would have to do. But now... It's a privilege to share what we do with other people and just hope that it resonates with them and, and bring them on board as a as a supporter. So, yeah, that purpose is super important. That, that'll get you out of bed in the morning uh, any day of the week and get you to do a lot of things that you're not comfortable with. And there's something so special about the belief, habit, behavior, call it what you will, about like not only reaching up to continue to grow the organization, but also continually reaching back, like you said. Do you have a time other than the Honor Foundation where that kind of came full circle for you, whether it be at, like, say, the Naval Academy or growing up, or was it something that you really learned transitioning out of the Navy? You know, the in my career, I, I probably didn't do a really great job seeking out mentors early on, and uh, and I suffered for it. But as I got to be more senior, I really enjoyed that part of it, just, you know, a conversation with a somebody that's having trouble or just some mentorship wanted or not and then speaking to prospective future navy seals about preparing to go through the training i always really enjoyed that and so i went through the honor foundation program back in 2016 i actually didn't retire till 2017 but i to give honest and open feedback and so i gave the the ceo at the time some feedback and uh and he's like, great, why don't you uh, stand up a soft advisory board for us, you know, with super great guys with bomb-proof reputations to give me feedback on what's going on, what the scuttlebutt is. And so, you know, I, I wanted to stay involved as I went through it to, to help the next generation. And as soon as I went through the program, I'm like, yep, I'll, I'll do that all day long. And then they invited me to the, the actual board of directors. But I really enjoyed the backwards facing stuff early on and, and bringing along people. So I would say it started because of my lack of initiative in the whole mentorship piece and, and some gaps that I saw in kind of my career that I didn't want to give people the option of being the, the person not to ask for help. So that's, that's kind of probably how it started. 
Do you think that is constant in your mind and you, you make a point to highlight that to different cohorts and as people go through the program to, you know, make sure like, Hey, I did this. I suffered for it initially, but I've, I've used it to propel me to remember that as, as I continue down this mission, or is there something else you go back to that has allowed you to get here? Yeah, I talk about my experience quite a bit um, in, in certainly different pieces of my transition journey and what I've seen through thousands of people coming through now. It certainly drives me just you know more so now that I've seen what is a good recipe for success is maintaining some connective tissue to the community you're coming from. Like we always have those guys who are like, I'm I'm cutting bait, I'm frustrated, I'm fed up with all this. I'm gonna I'm gonna move to Wyoming go fly fishing and, and never talk to another you know, military dude ever. And the ones that isolate like that often have not the best transitions. Not saying it's impossible, but what I found that really works is in, in all of us, frankly, there's, there's generally some sort of service-related thing in you that just doesn't go away because you take off the uniform. So mentioning that and how I stayed involved, and really encouraging them to do something as they transition out of service. And interestingly, this brings up a great point. I think a lot of people in the military, no matter where they live, aren't really part of the community they live in. You know, like I was in Virginia Beach, Virginia, you know, but my community was the SEAL community, like social community, you know, professional community. My wife was like friends with all the wives. I didn't know a thing about like the rest of Virginia Beach. Maybe I had a couple of friends, but when you get out, it's actually pretty important to kind of have some skin in the game and get involved in some way, shape, or form in your actual physical community. And because uh, they, they can benefit a lot from it, as can the veteran, who now is a huge part of it and probably should have been before. But that was another miss for me is like I was totally disconnected. And uh, like now I'm on the, the chamber executive committee and just seeing a different side of it and really what drives the city here. Um, so that's, that's another aspect of it. As we kind of wrap up, I have one final question, Matt Stevens, how are you better today than yesterday? And you've hinted on some things, but I want to know today, how are you better than yesterday? <laughs> and that's a, that's a, that's a big question. So for me, it's, uh, what I think I did better today than, than yesterday is, Started with some physical activity, which I didn't do yesterday. And I think that's a critical piece of what you ought to do every day. Obviously, I'm not the best at it. Um, and then really trying to slow down a little bit. I get caught up sometimes. We're, we're a pretty lean organization and everybody on the team is uh, running hard and fast. But you, you can kind of get caught up in the current ops loop. You're like, I got to just get the checklist done. Whereas you're way more effective if you just slow down a little bit have some time. I, I do. I, I make it a point now to make spend a little time in the mindfulness and, and meditation piece and, and just the breathing, whether that's, you know, by yourself in a sauna doing yoga. I mean, my, my PT regimen's kind of changed. I hit 50, but it's, uh, you know, it's, I wish I would have done it when I was 20 because, you know, do just taking the time to, to think and reflect, you have to build that in. And that's, that's what I did better today. Where can people go to connect with you and learn more about the Honor Foundation? Yeah, so check out the website, honor.org, H-O-N-O-R.org. 
You can check out the mission of the Honor Foundation, who we support, how you can support us if you want to get involved in coaching, mentoring, uh, being a volunteer, uh, numerous ways to do it. You can hit our info line on that, you know, and, and uh, there's really get a good taste and flavor of uh, what we do and why we do it. But that's the best place. Awesome. And we'll make sure we link that in the show notes for this episode. Matt, thank you so much for your time, your strategies, your ideas, your methods. And most importantly, thanks for having our six. All right, brother. Thank you, Tony. Sixers, thank you for listening to another episode of the Got Your Six podcast. If you got something out of this, be a battle buddy. Share with a friend, pass it along. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify, make sure you leave us a review and give us as many stars as you think we warrant because we love what we do here at the Got Your Six podcast. We're always adapting and evolving this podcast because of you, the Sixers. And if you're listening on Spotify, hit that follow button. You'll never miss an episode when we drop new ones every Monday. I don't know what you've been told, Sixers, but the lawyers would like us to remind you that the views, opinions, and comments expressed on the Got Your Six podcast are solely those of the hosts or guests to include current and previous Department of Defense employees and should in no way be considered the opinions of or endorsements on behalf of the Department of Defense or any of its components, divisions, contractors, or other current and previous staff members.